A murder mystery ought to begin with the discovery of the body of the first victim, I suppose, swiftly followed by the arrival of the detective, who must be unorthodox, independent of the police force, or, at the very least, a maverick within the force. Ideally, there will be a sidekick, indispensable for expositionary purposes. There should be a country house, filled for one reason or another, with strangers, guests, or extended family. Families especially are useful for hidden motives, resentments, feuds, and secrets. There will of course be staff, at the minimum a cook, motherly, given to country wisdom and muttered bloody asides, perhaps married to the truculent gamekeeper with the dark past. A maid, flighty, tearful, possibly with child, to be discovered at an opportune moment, clutching a torn photograph or lover's letter, and a butler, to do the dastardly deed, or to serve as misdirection. According to Grandpa, butlers come in two flavors, the dry, lean, and silver-haired, absolute soul of discretion who turns out to have been watering the port, and the buttery, bloated and whiskey kind, apt to beat the maids and embezzle money to lose on the docks. Both smell of red herring. Given sufficient funds, we would add a scapegrace gardener, groom or manservant, and a housekeeper with a grey chignon and a decades-concealed passion for the master of the house. She would have an apothecary cousin or have access to the medicine cabinet, as well as the family secrets. For this weekend, we will have to scrape by with the bare essentials, and even that will be a fuller staff than had been kept at the house for two generations. Finances have never run to live in maid, butler, or cook in my lifetime, and livery, when required, was do-it-yourself. A few chapters in, a glamorous stranger ought to arrive. An actress or an heiress, a belated guest or mysterious half-cousin, around whom the plot can be made to twist. And there will be rumors abroad about person or persons unknown staying in the village, sitting in dark corners of the snug of the king's head, or meeting with suspicious characters in the spit and sawdusty golden hind. Being caught, lurking near the stables the night before the race, or showing an unwarranted interest, a poisoner's interest, in the town pump or millennium horse trough. If gypsies or circus performers are mentioned, you can be sure they are a distraction, something to throw the local Bobby off the scent. He is a village policeman, so of course he will suspect the Hindu juggler or the smooth muscle man ambassador. Well, a detective of sorts, and certainly unconventional, I can offer you. The country house we have too, Garton Grange tucked into a green little pocket of England's East Anglian waistcoat, is a fine example of the type. According to the braced and bow-tied estate agent who came last week to poke around, what the type is, I am not sure. 
It is in parts brick, in parts stone, yellow and red and pretty in the autumn light in particular. Not very practical, though. The stone has always been crumbling, and the bricks have recently become downwardly mobile, dropping their faces at decreasing intervals to crack on the driveway or terrace. And, on one occasion, to smash through the glass of the orangery. The house is left pockmarked, ravaged by obsolescence rather than adolescence. Some treatment is clearly called for, some age-defying formula capable of dealing with wet rot, dry rot, subsidence, cracking, leaks, warping, and death. Watch, Beetle.